Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is March 5th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block, which is Matthew chapters 9 through 10, Mark chapter 5, and Luke chapter 9. So let's jump into Matthew chapter 9. At the beginning of this chapter, we see the story of Christ healing the man with palsy. We talked about that last week because it was in the other two Gospels last week. So we're going to skip over that. But let's take a look at what happens next. In verse 10 of Matthew chapter 9, it says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy, and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance." I love this story and the example that the Savior sets of reaching out to the marginalized within the church and the marginalized outside of the church as well. Oftentimes we have this idea in our head of what a Latter-day Saint looks like. But my friends, I would like you to challenge that thought or challenge that belief A Latter-day Saint is anyone trying to come closer to God and make covenants and keep covenants with him. Remember what Elder Uchtdorf teaches? He said, I know of no sign on the doors of our meeting houses that says, your testimony must be this tall to enter. The church is not just for perfect people, but is for all to come unto Christ and be perfected in him. The church is for people like you and me. The church is a place of welcoming and nurturing, not of separating or criticizing. It is a place where we reach out to encourage, uplift, and sustain one another as we pursue our individual search for divine truth. My friends, the Savior reached out to those who others considered to be sinners and not worthy of his time or attention. But we have been taught that the church is supposed to be A place where those who are broken can come to be healed, where those who are searching can come to find, where those who are sick can come for that spiritual medicine that we all need. Aren't we all sinners? Don't we all need the Savior? Maybe some sin more obviously than others, but we all make mistakes and we all need the Savior's grace to overcome I personally am so grateful that the Savior is willing to be so compassionate on those who need his atonement, because I know that I do. Elder Assay once told a story in his book, The Seven M's of Missionary Service. And in that story, he says, One weekend when I had no church assignments, I decided to attend a sacrament service in a local ward. Just moments before the meeting started, I saw two missionaries come through the side door with a woman, a very worldly looking woman. It was obvious that she was new to the group because she looked apprehensively from side to side and had to be guided to her seat. She was dressed in faded jeans and a tight sweater, and her face was heavily made up. Her dark and hardened countenance seemed to reflect a life of sin that was frightening to contemplate. I couldn't help but wonder who would be successful in influencing the other, she, the missionaries, or the missionaries, her. Immediately following the service, I sought out one of the missionaries and spoke to him privately about the woman he and his companion had brought to church. My initial question was, Elder, where did you meet that worldly woman? My tone of voice was Pharisaic. 
inferring that he had brought to church someone who was unworthy of the privilege of worshiping with our group. The missionary bristled a bit, stood his ground, and replied, Elder Assay, who has need of the physician, the sick or the whole? Well, he had backed me into a corner. How could I question or refute what he and his good companion were attempting to do for someone who was spiritually sick and in desperate need of help from Christ, the great physician? Time passed, and I almost completely forgot the incident. But some months later, I attended a fast and testimony meeting in the same chapel. The crowd was much the same as before. Some I recognized, some I didn't. One woman entered alone, walked down the aisle, and seated herself near the front of the chapel. She sat quietly, meditated, and waited for the start of the meeting. She was dressed tastefully, and her face reflected a special saintliness. In fact, she was beautiful. There was something familiar about her, but I couldn't be sure whether I had ever seen her before. No one in the congregation seemed to worship as intently as she during the service. She seemed to sing and pray with all her heart. It was fast Sunday. The bishop bore his testimony and invited others to bear theirs. The beautiful young woman was the first to respond. She stepped to the pulpit and began to speak. Among other things, she tearfully told of how the missionaries had literally fished her out of the gutter, encouraged her to repent, and introduced her to members of the church and to the fullness of the gospel. It was then I realized she was the woman dressed in jeans that I had seen in church with the missionaries only a few weeks before. The miraculous transformation had taken place through the efforts of two dedicated missionaries who looked upon the woman not as she was, but as she could become. My friends, the Savior loves the sinner, and I'm so grateful because I am one of them. He loves the sinner because he sees their hearts and he sees their love. And we see that same theme repeated in one of our chapters from last week, but I'm going to cover it because it comes right after this story in that chapter. In Luke chapter 7, right after it talks about the Savior eating with sinners and publicans, it goes on to talk about an experience that the Savior had with one of the Pharisees. The Pharisee invited the Savior to eat at his house with him. And while they were there, a woman came into the Pharisee's house, and this was a woman who was well known as a sinner in that city, and she had brought a box of ointment. It says that she stood at his feet and wept, and she washed his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, kissed his feet, and anointed them with oil. Now, what I love about this is that here we have this woman who was well known for her sins, in the house of a Pharisee who literally their whole job was to judge people and make sure that they were living the law. I can only imagine how disgusted the Pharisees was that this woman was here, that she was interacting with his guest. He must have been just mortified and thinking horrible things. But what I love here is that the Savior wasn't concerned about the opinion of the Pharisee. He was concerned about the woman and bringing her unto him. The other beautiful thing is it says that the woman anointed the Savior. Here, dining with a Pharisee who was searching for the Messiah, he missed the whole point. The Messiah is a title for the anointed one. And yet dining with Christ, dining with the anointed one, he failed to see him as the anointed one. But this woman, the sinner, could see Christ for who he was. My friends, you and I are sinners. We make mistakes, some bigger than others, some more frequently than others. But our Savior sacrificed his life for all sinners and for all sins. And even in our fallen states, we can turn to Christ and we can see him for who he is. 
And despite the opinions of those around us, despite how the world might see us, Christ sees us for not only who we are, but who we can be, and he loves us for it. Another Elder Uchtdorf quote, he said, God does not look on the outward appearance. I believe that he does not care one bit if we live in a castle or a cottage, if we are handsome or homely, if we are famous or forgotten. Though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, he loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without compass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves us because he is filled with an infinite measure of holy, pure, and indescribable love. We are important to God not because of our resume, but because we are his children. He loves every one of us, even those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. God's love is so great that he loves even the proud, the selfish, the arrogant, and the wicked. What this means is that regardless of our current state, there is hope for us. No matter our distress, no matter our sorrow, no matter our mistakes, our infinitely compassionate Heavenly Father desires that we draw near to Him so that He can draw near to us. My friends, it doesn't matter how the world sees us. And frankly, it doesn't matter how we see ourselves. God sees beyond our imperfections. He sees beyond our flaws. He sees beyond our rebellions. And he loves us completely for who we can become. And he invites us to come unto him so that he can, through the Savior's grace, make us whole, complete, and more like him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 